Welcome to Darren Daily On Demand, your most trusted resource to help you become better every day. Here's your success mentor, Darren Hardy. I want to reinforce the message that we discussed yesterday. It is very frustrating for me to watch people who are looking at other successful people and think that they are successful because there's something special about them, that they possess intelligence or abilities or innate gifts that they don't. And that is why they are not as successful in whatever area of their life that we're talking about and those that they observe. They write themselves off as not having what it takes, but it's not a gift. It is grit. It is not luck or a blessing or just great fortune. That harvest is a product of long, hard and diligent work. Plain and simple. Hear me now. It is not giftedness. Behind every story of great talent or ability is a grinding work ethic of someone hammering on their craft day in and day out until finally one day you see their harvest, their performance, their product, their art, their stats and go, whoa, they're so talented, so gifted. I see a lot of people proclaiming how hashtag blessed others are as if that person was just lucky or anointed by some mystical entity to be uniquely blessed or granted wish, wishes by a blue genie released from a lantern or something. I get the whole how lucky we are to be born in a first world with our fortunate circumstances and this gift of life that we have. But after that, you cannot just sit around praying in the hopes to be hashtag blessed in order to get your life better or be more like those that you admire for their hashtag blessed lives. Let me give you a for instance. I remember reading the story of Bill Bradley in Robert Greene's book, Mastery. By all accounts, you would think that Bill and his accomplishments in life were a product of him being uniquely hashtag blessed. Certainly all the sports writers and his peers and his competitors thought that was the case. After school, Bradley was offered 75 college scholarships to play basketball. He turned them all down to go to Princeton who couldn't give athletic scholarships. There, he led the Princeton Tigers to the Ivy League championship in each of his three varsity seasons and setting a multitude of records that still stand to this day. He also led the 1964 United States basketball team to Olympic glory, became NCAA Player of the Year in 1965, and then thereafter, graduating, delayed his NBA decision to be a Rhodes Scholar for two years. Upon returning, he signed with the New York Knicks and led them to two NBA championship titles in 1970 and 1973. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame and then went on to be a three-term U.S. Senator from New Jersey. Hashtag blessed life, right? Well, you need to know the story before the story of how the results were made possible and how he earned his blessings. Bill Bradley had only one advantage over his peers. He was tall for his age, but beyond that, he had no real natural gift for the game of basketball. He was slow, he was gawky, and he could not jump very high. None of the aspects of the game came easily to him. He would have to compensate for all of his inadequacies through sheer practice. And so he proceeded to devise one of the most rigorous and efficient training routines in the history of sports. Managing to get his hands on the keys to the high school gym, he created for himself a schedule, three and a half hours of practice after school and on Sundays eight hours every Saturday and three hours a day during the summer. Over the years, he would keep rigidly to this schedule. For his schoolwork, he also studied an average of seven hours each weekday and up to 24 more hours on the weekend. In the gym, he would put 10 pound weights on his shoes to strengthen his legs and to give him 
more spring to his jump. His greatest weaknesses, he decided, were his dribbling and his overall slowness. He would have to work on these and transform himself into a superior passer to make up for his lack of speed. For this purpose, he devised various exercises. He wore eyeglass frames with pieces of cardboard taped to the bottom so that he could not see the basketball while he practiced dribbling. For as he said, quote, a good dribbler never looks at the ball, end quote. This would train him to always look around him rather than at the ball, a key skill in passing. He set up chairs on the court to act as opponents. He would dribble around them back and forth for hours until he could glide past them quickly, changing direction. He spent hours at both of these exercises, well past any feelings of boredom or pain. Walking down the main street of his hometown in Missouri, he would keep his eyes focused straight ahead and try to notice all the goods in the store windows on either side without turning his head. He worked on this endlessly, developing his peripheral vision so that he could see more of the court. In his room at home, he practiced pivot moves, moves and fakes well into the night, such skills that also helped compensate for his lack of speed. One time his family traveled to Europe via a transatlantic ship. Finally, they thought he would give his training regimen a break. There was really no place to practice on board, but below deck, and running the length of the ship were two corridors, 900 feet long and quite narrow, just enough room for two passengers. This was the perfect location to practice dribbling at top speed while maintaining perfect ball control. To make it even harder, he decided to wear special eyeglasses that narrowed his vision for hours every day he dribbled up and down either side of the ship all the way until the voyage was done. That is how, as many sports writers would say, quote, Bradley possessed intangibles that do not always show up in other players. Innate intelligence, a thinking man's player. Bradley could watch a play develop two or three passes ahead of time. He had natural dribbling prowess and gracefulness on the court. These unique gifts helped him to excel both on the college and professional level, end quote. Ah, uh, no. Those innate gifts were forged through thousands upon thousands of grit, determination, sacrifice, and maniacal, obsessive discipline to practice training and hard work. Make no mistake about it. Now, how committed are you to working on your gifts, to earning your blessings? Understand this, your blessing is life and the free will that you have been given to live it. The opportunity to see what all you can do with all you've been given. From there, you gotta do the work. God gives you the dirt, the seed, the sunshine, and rain. For that, yes, you are hashtag blessed. But with that blessing, you can end up with a weed patch or an award-winning and celebrated garden that brings a harvest of nourishment, abundance, and prosperity to your life. All of those that you care about in the community around you. And you made that happen. You cannot pray for a garden. You cannot hope for one. You cannot wait around until you are blessed with one nor should you marvel at another person's garden and write yourself off by saying, oh, they're just hashtag blessed. Hey, producer Mariana here. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Darren Daily On Demand. If you're new here, I wanted to invite you to join a growing community of achievers who meet every morning on Darren Daily. Darren always says the transformational magic is in the process, not just the information or the big idea. It's the ritual and routine of how you kickstart your day. 
And there are thousands of achievers like you kickstarting their day with Darren Daily. Gathering one idea each day that compounded over time has created life-changing results for them and can for you too. So head over to darrendaily.com forward slash join to start kickstarting your day with Darren Daily. And I'll see you there bright and early tomorrow morning.